Well, good Tuesday morning to you, my friends. We are into Luke chapter 2 in our series on the Advent. We're going to get into the birth of Jesus. Um, Luke covers this in great detail, as Luke is known to do. If you do not if you do not have a great study Bible, I would recommend getting a good study Bible with the notes. I'm going to just kind of use the notes that have been, um, that are in here, add a few things. But this morning, as we get into Luke chapter 2, we'll look at verses 1 through seven. There are some names here, historical names and places, and that's important because as Luke does his work, and you, you'll, you'll know as you get into Luke chapter one in the first four verses, he talks about the intensity of, of the work he's done, the footwork he's done to, uh, to, to make sure that this is a proper uh, rendering of what happened. And Luke is, um, is a great historian. So let's get into Luke chapter two. Verse one, we've covered the forerunner of Christ, which is John the Baptist and the and the prophecy of him his coming as the prophet of the Most High to introduce the Son of the Most High. And so let's get into the birth of Jesus. Verse one, in those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. Uh, about every 14 years, the Romans would do this. They would do this for taxation. They would also do this for... Um, um, for military purposes, the Jews were exempt from military service um, in, in Rome, but they were not exempt from taxes. And so this is more of a tax situation at this particular time. Caesar Augustus uh, was the first and, according to many, the greatest Roman emperor. And there was a change in the way Roman government had been done, and Caesar was the one, Augustus, who had brought this about. He uh, he reigned from 31 BC before Christ to AD 14. He had replaced the Republic with an imperial form of government, which he would be the head of. If you've ever studied anything about Roman history, uh, it's an amazing study. He also expanded the empire to include the entire Mediterranean world and established the term Pax Romana, the uh, Roman peace. He ushered in the golden age of Roman literature and architecture. Architecture Augustus means exalted, was a title voted to him by the Roman Senate in 27 BC. Um, Again, the census was used for military taxation and service, uh, military service and taxation. The Jews were exempt, and uh, all of this in this first just one verse is really about how, although there is a government in place, God is in control. Um, verse two. Uh, this was the first census that took place while uh, Quirinius was governor of Syria. There was a second one. If you look at Acts chapter 537, we won't look that up, but you can see that there was a second census taken at that time. Um, verse 3, and everyone went to his hometown to register. Now, this is incredibly important. His hometown um, her hometown to register. So there was a travel that was going to have to happen. And this travel that was going to have to happen for Joseph and Mary happened at a very, very uh, difficult time. This was an 80 mile trip. Uh, Joseph, uh, verse three or four. So Joseph went up to, up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and the line of David. 
there's a lot going on in just these three, these few verses, and we just kind of have a tendency to read over. But what this is is a fulfillment of what God would uh, had had said in Micah chapter five and verse two. Uh, go back to uh, the minor prophets, and right before Nahum is Micah. Micah chapter 5 and verse 2. This is uh, uh, hundreds of years before Jesus would be born. It says, But you, Bethlehem, Bethlehem, Ephrata, though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me one who will be ruler over Israel, whose origins are from of old, from ancient times. This is a, a picture, a prophetic picture of the Messiah. And it says that he will come out of Bethlehem, which was the town of David and the place where David was born as well, of the lineage of David. And in the last verses, are, um, whose origins are from the old, from ancient times, points to the pre-existence of our Lord and the Savior, Jesus Christ. Remember uh, in John 1, 1, it says, the beginning was the word and the, wis- the word was with God and the word was God, speaking of his existence forever. Before there was an earth, before there was a man, before there was you and I, there was God. And he existed, uh, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And so we see the control here. We see how God is in control. So this 80-mile journey uh, from Nazareth to Bethlehem would would take uh, over three days. And, and Mary is very, very pregnant. Um, she is ready to give birth. Um, and But she's going to give birth according to God's plan. Not just the physical birth was according to God's plan, but also the uh, the geographical geographical location of that birth. Now, remember, David was also born in Bethlehem. Let's look at First Samuel chapter seventeen. I haven't really explained or gotten into. Um, much about Jesus coming from the line of David and being called the son of David, and maybe one day we will get into that. If you have any questions on that, you can let me know. But just understand that Jesus would be coming from the line of David. First uh, Samuel seventeen twelve says, Now David was the son of an Ephrathite named Jesse, who was from Bethlehem in Judah. Uh, Jesse had eight sons, and in Saul's service he was old, uh, and well advanced in his years when David came along, David the youngest and David the forgotten and David's the, uh, David the overlooked one would become this man after God's own heart and this mighty um, uh, leader and this mighty man of God who God would use in a powerful way and through, again, the Old Testament points to the new, uh, the Old Testament tells it, the New Testament fulfills it. Jesus fulfilled this prophecy and he was born in Bethlehem or he would be to be born in Bethlehem of the line of, and lineage of David. Verse five, Joseph, he went there to register with Mary who was pledged to be married to him. Go back to Matthew chapter one and verse 18. Matthew chapter one and verse 18 says this, this is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be a child through the Holy Spirit. Uh-oh, not good, right? Except that this child was born of the Holy Spirit. Uh, the, she was still a, a virgin, um, 
obviously that wasn't easy for Joseph to understand. So God sends Gabriel to talk to Joseph and to minister to him and to help him to do the right thing. Even though Joseph was an honorable man who wanted to do the right thing, he said he wanted to put her away privately, not to cause her disgrace and not to embarrass her. So we know that Joseph was quite an upstanding man. Uh, Verse six, while they were there, while they were in Bethlehem, the time came for the baby to be born. Now, it was a three-day trip. And now the time for Jesus to be born. They weren't in Bethlehem very long. So you can understand that this 80-mile trek, pregnant on the back of a a donkey uh, would be very difficult for her. But God put um, in her this strength of character and this strength of resolve to fulfill. Remember when she said to the angel, uh, let it be as the Lord has said. Uh, Verse 7, the baby's born and she wrapped uh, gave birth to him, uh, firstborn son. She wrapped him in cloth, cloths or clo- uh, there were little ripped cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no room for him. In the end, in my notes here, it says the uh, cloths, strips of cloth were regularly used to wrap a newborn infant, a manger, the feeding trough of the animals. Uh, this is uh, the only indication that Christ was born in a stable. Uh, very early tradition suggests that it was a cave perhaps used as a stable. Now, all of this to say that God is completely in control of the situation. He takes this mighty Roman emperor, he causes him to have um, a desire to call a census. He calls the census and brings um, Mary and Joseph to Bethlehem from Nazareth on this precarious 80 mile trip. Uh, she was, again, very pregnant to bring about this fulfillment of Micah chapter 5 and verse 2. Now, all three, Mary, Joseph, and Jesus, Jesus would be of the lineage of David. We know that from the book of Matthew. Let's look at Matthew. Matthew chapter 1, verse 1. A record in genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. We see the genealogy here. Now go to verse 16. Jacob and Jacob, the father of Joseph. Here's Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom was born Jesus, who is called the Christ. Again, the lineage here of David. Um, And now we go to uh, Matthew chapter 1, verses 26 and 27. Matthew chapter, uh, oh, I messed that up. I'm not sure what I did there. I apologize for that. Let's go to Luke chapter 1 and verse 32. You can see how unrehearsed these are. Luke chapter 1 and verse 32. Matthew, Mark, Luke chapter 1, verse 32. It says this. Uh, He will be great. Speaking of Jesus, he will be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David, verse 32. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. See the son of David, father of David. The key there is, um, is that it's from the lineage of David. That's when Jesus would be brought forth. So it's exciting as we get into Luke chapter two, we get into uh, the actual birth of our savior, Jesus Christ. And I hope you're enjoying this and looking at the scriptures. And I'm trying to figure out what I did to mess up that one scripture, Matthew chapter one, verse 26 and 27. I'm going to write myself a note. Uh, Let me pray for us. Uh, Numbers chapter 6, verse 24. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. God bless you in this Advent season. Till we talk again.